So, amazing news, I live in a house again. Isn't that awesome? So, thank you, Jesus. There is a God, there is a God. For those of you who are new or haven't been around for a while, uh, my wife and I and our family sold our house about almost four months ago now, and we thought we'd be moving from one pretty quickly into another, and that did not happen. So we've been in the in-laws' basement. They are awesome, and they took us in, but we're just happy to have space again and just be able to have fun. And so uh, we were packing up all this last week, and Landon says to me, "Um, Dad, can I be your helper as you pack up? I was like, sure, buddy. Somebody said, aw, that was cute. Um, so he goes, yeah, sure. Or I said, sure, you can help me, you know. And he says, okay, just tell me what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, and I'll, and I'll help you. I said, okay, okay, great. So, you know, a little while later in the day, I said, uh, Landon, you ready? Like, I'm ready. You ready to start packing? You ready to help me? I go, okay, Dad. So he comes over, he starts helping me out, and, and he's trying to get stuff in boxes, and, and he just wanted to be there by my side being that helper. But here's the thing about my five-year-old Landon. I've never met in my life a more distracted human being, okay? Like, so we've been talking about the spiritual gifts. Some people have the, the gift of healing or prophecy. Or he has the gift of distractedness. That's, that's his spiritual gift. And he just zones out so quick. And so before long, he was kind of off and he wasn't my helper anymore. He was off doing his own thing, playing with his toys, and that was fine. He's just been grounded for the last week. But no, I'm kidding. Um, he was off doing his own thing. And so I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. And Kelly and the kids were all there in the room. And, and we're just working hard and getting stuff ready. And then all of a sudden he says, Dad, look, it's you on your way to your wedding. And I figured he found an old picture of me or something. I was like, oh, that's cute. You know, me and Mommy on our wedding day or whatever. And all of a sudden I hear Kelly uh, like erupt in laughter. And then the kids start laughing. And I finally look up and I realize he hadn't found a picture. He had actually sculpted something himself. And here's what he came up with. This is me on the way to my wedding day. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. And uh, the, notice he didn't add hair. And... Uh, he said, the reason I was on the way to my wedding is because I got a little bow tie. You see that? For my tux. You like that, right? So there I am. And so Landon had kind of abandoned me. And here's what I can tell you about Landon. He's a sweet kid, funny kid, talented sculptor, um, but not a great helper, right? He said he'd be there. He said he'd, he'd help me out, but didn't really stick to that. And what we've been talking about for the last several weeks is the helper, is the one who said, I will be your helper. And that's the Holy Spirit. And then we've been saying all along that when you say those words, Holy Spirit, people have all different types of reactions, many different experiences, many different backgrounds. Some people like the Holy Spirit, some people don't. Some people just want to keep the Holy Spirit at arm's length. Some people don't even know what I'm talking about. And so I've been doing my best to try to just draw us all in to say, okay, what is the Holy Spirit really about? And what we said in week one is that basically... He is to be our helper, and he helps us in all kinds of, of ways. And there are awesome ways. They're really powerful, great, amazing, beautiful things that the Holy Spirit, the helper, does in our lives. And we, we looked at this shocking statement that Jesus made to his followers. He's looking his closest friends in the face before he ascends into heaven. And here's what he says. He says, listen, it's good for me that I'm leaving so that the Holy Spirit, the helper, can come. So Jesus said it'd be better that the Holy Spirit be here involved in our lives than Jesus himself. Doesn't mean they're unequal. You know, I know sometimes it feels wrong to say that. Like, how could you say that about Jesus? It doesn't mean they're unequal. They just have different roles. Jesus' role was to come and to die on a cross for you and I and forgive our sins. The Holy Spirit's role was to come after that specifically into each believer's life. The Holy Spirit kind of made little guest spot appearances before that and was certainly all over Jesus. But it wasn't like you and I have come to experience if you're a follower of Jesus where the Holy Spirit actually dwells in us and helps us always whenever we decide to just simply tune in to what God's doing. 
And so that's where we kind of been. And we've said the Holy Spirit helps us see truth and helps us tell others about Jesus and, and then says, uh, also helps us help others experience God, build them up in their faith. So we've been talking about a lot of great things. And tonight I just want to close this out talking about one more way that the Holy Spirit is our helper. And it's funny because I think it's something that a lot of Christians would say, oh, I know the answer to that question. But I think we, we so infrequently give the Holy Spirit credit for the things that we're going to talk about tonight. We, we kind of genuinely say, oh yeah, God does that, or that's a good thing, or sometimes we try to do it. But, but tonight what we're going to talk about, I want to just remind you tonight, or maybe if you're newer, help you see for the first time that the Holy Spirit is the one who does the things that we're going to talk about tonight. You see, this is a really big deal because many of us keep the Holy Spirit at arm's length because we think he's weird. We don't really want the Holy Spirit closer. Many of us who are followers of Jesus or, or have a close relationship, we'd say, with the Holy Spirit, we just simply forget to look to the Holy Spirit for the things that we're gonna talk about tonight. We just simply try to honestly usually muster up the strength on our own. You see, what I wanna talk to you guys about tonight is what's called the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm gonna explain what that is, and we're going to walk through it together. But here's what I want you to do. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've been in church for a long time, I don't want you to tune out because here's what I want you to realize about this. So often, when you hear about the fruit of the Spirit, all you really focus on is the fruit. But we so infrequently talk about the fact that the Spirit is the one that produces that fruit. Like, I would guess there's many of us in the room that could mention many of the different fruits of the Spirit. There are things that we want, and I'll define that. We're not talking about literal fruit, okay? God is not producing literal fruit. But Paul, the guy who's uh, going to be, you know, we're going to be looking at the verses that he wrote down all those years ago. What he was trying to do was give us an illustration. He's saying, look, just like a tree produces fruit. He's saying, look, you're kind of like a tree that the Holy Spirit wants to produce fruit through. Okay, so it's just an illustration. He's just saying, look, the result of the spirit in your life, right? The result of, of an apple tree being healthy and being able to produce stuff is fruit, is apples. Well, the result of a Christian, a follower of Jesus, who's healthy and has a relationship with God is this fruit of the spirit. And I want to talk with you about these things because I think so often, like I said, we either keep the Holy Spirit at arm's length because we're afraid or, as Christians, we say, oh, no, I love the Holy Spirit, I love God, but we, we don't look to him for the day-to-day stuff. Like, so often, I think what we do is we go, okay, if I was going to pray for someone that was sick, I mean, if, like, a blind person came in here tonight and asked for prayer, I would be so reliant on the Holy Spirit, you know? If, you know, like, when I get up here to speak, like, I have to feel reliant on the Holy Spirit, like, as I'm preparing my message. Sometimes I just got nothing. I'm looking at the Bible, and I'm like, gosh, what do you... God, what do you want me to say here? I don't even know. And so I got to rely on the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys would say there are different spiritual gifts that we've talked about that, man, makes me want to rely on the Holy Spirit. But here's what I think we, we so often do as Christians is we forget to rely on him for just the day-to-day stuff that the fruit of the Spirit is. But the interesting thing is, is there's probably not going to be a, a ton of blind people you're going to pray for in your life. But every day you and I have the opportunity to rely on the Holy Spirit and see things come out of our lives that we can never produce otherwise. And so relying on the Spirit is so important. So don't tune out if you go, oh, I know the fruit of the Spirit by heart. I even know the verses, Galatians 5, this and that. I got a magnet at home on the fridge. Like, I'm totally good with that. Don't tune out because I don't wanna, I wanna focus on the fruit, but I wanna drive home the point that the helper, the Spirit produces that fruit. Don't miss that. Because if you think, oh, I'm going to keep the Holy Spirit at arm's length, or I can just muster this stuff up myself, 
then you and I are going to keep getting frustrated. I want you to just remember how important the fruit of the Spirit is, too. Because we talked last two weeks about the gifts of the Spirit, right? And I think a lot of us probably want some of the gifts of the Spirit. I think we think it would be pretty cool to be able to pray for somebody who's sick and see them healed or something like that. But do you know what Paul said? I mean, Paul taught us all about the fruit of the Spirit. But do you know what one of the things he said was? He said, one of the fruit of the Spirit is more important than all of the gifts of the Spirit. There's one fruit of the Spirit that's more important than all the gifts of the Spirit, and that, that's love. And you know what Paul said? Paul said that if we don't have love, but we have the gifts of the Spirit, then basically we sound just like a crashing cymbal. Like if we have the gift of prophecy, we have the gift of healing, but we don't use it lovingly, which is the fruit of the Spirit, then basically all anybody hears is just this. I mean, a cymbal's great, like when Ricky's playing it, when it's used in the right time. But when you and I go around as followers of Jesus and we're like, hey, isn't God great? And we're just, you know, and we're using all these spiritual gifts in such amazing ways and we're trying to just show people who God is, yet there's not that consistent love, which is of the fruit of the Spirit, then this is all people hear. And so the fruit of the Spirit, which we're going to talk about tonight, which we need to be relying on the Holy Spirit for, is so, so important. Paul says that one fruit is better than all the spiritual gifts. And so as Christians, we can't look to God for only the spiritual gifts, or we can't run and hide from the Holy Spirit because we're afraid, or we can't rely on ourselves because we're going to continually fall short and we're going to miss what God might want to do. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, here's what I want to tell you. You might be thinking all this Holy Spirit talk, and I haven't been in church for a long time, or I don't even like God, or I don't even know if he's real or any of that. Here's what I want you to know. This message is for you as well, because as you look at the fruit of the Spirit tonight, as you look at these things, here's what I think you'll find. You want the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Like the things that, are, that the Bible says are the fruit of the Spirit or the result of what the Holy Spirit produces are things you chase after every single day. Every single person in this room wants the things that the fruit of the Spirit lists here tonight, that the Holy Spirit produces in our heart. So we're gonna look at Galatians chapter five and here's... What we're going to see, Paul is saying this. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay? So often, you and I are going through life, and there's certain struggles in our lives. And those struggles are kind of like the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to see that, actually, in just a few minutes. Those struggles in our lives, like if you're struggling with porn, if you're struggling with anger, if you're struggling with jealousy, if you're struggling with fear, if you're, you know, if you're struggling with any of these kinds of things, they're the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. And so what Paul's saying here is, look, if you walk by the Spirit, if you live close to the Holy Spirit, if you live near the Spirit, if you look to Him to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your heart, then guess what? You're not going to de- gratify the desire which pulls you p- toward porn and toward lust and toward jealousy and toward fear. He's saying, look, that's what it's all about. It's all about the spirit. Don't just focus on the fruit. Focus on the fact that it's the fruit of the spirit. The spirit is the key to all this. The spirit is maybe the reason as, as Christians, some of us in the room have been missing feeling this connection to God or this advancement in our relationship with God for a long time. Because we've been keeping the Holy Spirit at arm's length. And we're going, I just want the fruit of the Spirit. I want the fruit of the Spirit. But do you want the Spirit? 
Are you cultivating that relationship with the Spirit? Because it's not just going to happen by chance. Like maybe some of us are frustrated tonight in our relationship with God because we're trying to do the right thing, but we keep falling short. Now listen, let me tell you something. We're going to fall short, okay? We're going to struggle till the day that we die with certain sin habits. And, but, but here's the thing. We're going to grow. We're going to grow. As we get closer to the Holy Spirit, we're going to grow. And I think sometimes we get frustrated as Christians because we see God say, okay, don't do this. And then we come over here and we try and we try and we try and we fail. We come back to God and he says, okay, don't do this. And we try and try. And it's just simply because we're trying in our own strength. We're trying to muster up that strength. And I'll just remind you, when God's saying don't, 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 he's not trying to ruin your fun. He's trying to preserve you. Okay, so just throw that out there for you. So don't think, if you're here tonight, and you're like, this is why I don't like Jesus. This is why I don't like Christians, because they're all about don't, don't, don't. Well, man, I think some of the most valuable words that ever come out of my mouth to my children are don't, right? Don't jump out the window. I literally said that to my five-year-old last night. I have some witnesses. Some of you were there. Don't jump out that window. He goes, Dad, you did it. I was on a first story floor. You're like way up. Okay, don't jump out. Okay, am I trying to ruin his fun? I'm trying to preserve his life. And that's what God's trying to do too. But so often we go, we hear, okay, don't, don't, don't. We go, okay, so I'll just try harder. And then we fail and we fail and we fail. Maybe it's because we're not walking by the Spirit. My nine-year-old Cade had to memorize a verse for school. He goes to Smithtown Christian. And uh, you guys can look at the verse he was uh, he was saying back to me a couple weeks ago, it says this, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So it's kind of a similar verse to the one we were just talking about. It's all about the spirit. Now, when Cade was saying it back to me, he nailed it, except he missed three words. What he said was, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. He left out those three words, by the spirit. And I looked at him And I said, buddy, you nailed that verse except for three words. And here's what I got to tell you. They're the three most important words. Because if you and I try to put to death the misdeeds of our body, but we try to do it without the spirit, we're going to fail every time. But if we learn how to cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit and rely on the Holy Spirit for the day-to-day stuff. Yeah, does God want to use you to do big things and huge things and you know, pray for amazing things to happen? Yes, yes, yes. But here's what I think is so important. If you could do that, if you could go out tonight and pray for every person you see that's sick and they get healed, yet tomorrow you go home and you freak out on your parents and you're screaming and yelling or you freak out on your kids or your spouse and you're screaming and yelling and you're punching stuff and knocking stuff over and cursing everybody out, I think you've just undone everything that was done the night before. Because the fruit of the Spirit, love specifically, is greater than all those others. So we go on to say in the next verse, the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit's what's contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want. So there's this battle going on. Some of you guys get this. You're right there. You're in this struggle. Let me repeat what I said before. We're not gonna be perfect this side of heaven but there can be growth, there should be change, there should be this cultivation of a new heart, a new relationship as we go. And we're gonna keep getting into that, all right? Then it says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And we've done 
you know, entire messages are really around this idea. What it's not saying is just give up on the law of the land. It's not saying give up on the laws of God. It's just simply saying that the law, instead of becoming this overbearing thing, becomes this revelation of what should be coming out of our hearts already. Okay, so we've hit that a lot, so I'm not going to get into that tonight. But then Paul lists a bunch of things that you and I struggle with. Okay? Paul lists a bunch of things that you and I struggle with. Paul lists the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit right here, okay? And I want to read some of these. He says this, The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, country music, selfish... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I often put that with other abominations. I'm sorry. Uh, Selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now here is my question for you. Ready? All those things we just read. What's your normal way to try to stop from doing those things? Right? Okay, we just read what God doesn't want us to do. Everything before verse 21, those few verses before, I think is 19, 20, 21. All those things are things God doesn't want us to do. And like I said before, he's trying to preserve us. He's not trying to ruin our lives. But what is your normal strategy to stop doing those things? Because I think so often we just try ourselves. We just try and do better. We just try and work harder. And in a second here, Paul's going to list the fruit of the Spirit. But we can't miss these first seven words. You ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of the Spirit is. Not the fruit of Doug is. Not the fruit of you. Not the fruit of Christians. Not the fruit of people who are trying to become Christians or figure out if God is real. The fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit owns the fruit. The fruit belongs to the Spirit right? But the fruit of the Spirit is, don't just rush past those seven words. I feel like we almost took those seven words out of the Bible. It's just like, okay, here are the things we want to get through, love and joy and all those great things. But the fruit of the who? Of the Spirit. That's who I've got to be in touch with. That's who I've got to be close to, the Holy Spirit, the helper. He says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Christian or not, you want those things in your life, don't you? Christian or not, we chase those things. We, we, we work hard for those things. I mean, for love, right? People do almost anything. Joy, you're always, what are we doing? We're always purchasing. We're always trying to find a better, bigger experience. Peace, just get me Give me, I just got to get by myself, right? Forbearance or, or patience, right? I, oh, I'm just going to, I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get upset. Serenity now, right? We just, whatever we got to do. I'm not going to get upset. Kindness, right? Whatever it is, we're, we're, we're trying so hard in and of ourselves. But these are the things that the Spirit produces. Have you ever had like an amazing orange, like once in a while, Kelly will bring home some oranges and I'll eat these oranges and I'm just like, this is an amazing orange. Like I have to stop for a second, you know, because most of them are all right, they're just all right. But once in a while, you're like, this needs to be on a mantle somewhere. Like this is just so good, right? Now here, here's what's true, okay? When you eat that, you go home, you go out to your backyard and let's say you have an apple tree 
back there. And so you look at that apple tree and you remember how great that orange was. You look at that apple tree and you begin to do everything to that apple tree that needs to be done. Like you go online, you start Googling how to take care of apple trees and you, you know, make sure it gets enough sun, water, right? You're pruning it, you're doing all the stuff it needs to be done. No matter what you do, this is so important guys, no matter what you do to that apple tree, it will never, ever, 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 ever grow an orange. Never. And here's what I need you to catch tonight. So often, we taste a little bit of real love. We go, that was good. And then we say, all right, and we look to ourselves, we look to our flesh, and we say, okay, flesh, produce real love. Right? Every once in a while, we taste real joy, joy from God. Joy that's not of this world. Joy that's not here and now. Joy that's not determined on who won the football game this afternoon and tonight, right? No, joy. And we go, wow, that was good. And we look to ourselves. How do I reproduce that joy? You see, what we need to realize is just like tasting an orange and going and trying to get an apple tree to begin producing oranges is is like you and I tasting what the spirit produces and then going and trying to produce it on our own. It'll never work. What needs to happen is you gotta, if you want that orange again, you gotta get in your backyard and you gotta cultivate something new. You gotta cultivate a new planting. You gotta cultivate a whole new tree and that will produce these oranges. And the same is true for you and I. We've got to begin to, to look at the flesh and say, no, 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 that, okay, that's not ever gonna produce what I actually need. And so some of us are struggling with certain kind of sin habits and self-control would be amazing and we've tried so hard we got to begin to cultivate something new. we got to stop trying on our own. we got to stop ignoring the Holy Spirit. we got to stop saying, oh, no, 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 the Holy Spirit does weird stuff. No, we've got to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you. When was the last time you asked the Holy Spirit specifically for self-control or love or joy or any of the things that we just read together? Because that's where it is. That's who owns it. That's who has it. Everybody knows I love Dr. Pepper. And my kids daily come ask me for Dr. Pepper. Like literally daily. And today they were allowed, because they don't have school tomorrow, so today they were allowed to have it because they could stay up late and drive mama crazy. But uh, daily they know. And so, you know, to come to me, they know I am the source of that. They know I will have it. They know that I can give it. And you know what? So often... I think we're trying to produce things without going to the one who owns them, the one who has them, the one who has them at his disposal. And so the Holy Spirit wants to pour these things out into our lives. And then it goes on in the next part. It says, against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And a lot of us as followers of Jesus, we read this and we just feel like, but I'm just failing at that. Like, I don't feel like I've crucified the flesh with the passions and the desires. And again, we're not talking physically, literally here, but we're talking about in our lives and in the way that we live, these things don't own us anymore. And maybe you and I feel like we're failing at that. So let's read the next verse, the next and last verse we're gonna read tonight, 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, Paul didn't miss what you and I have missed for so long. Paul didn't miss that these are the fruit of the Spirit, not just the fruit of Doug. Not just the fruit of my flesh, not just the fruit of your flesh. No, this is the fruit of the Spirit. So he says, you know what you gotta do? You've gotta walk by the Spirit. 
You gotta walk with the Spirit. You've gotta be cultivating the relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit. How do you cultivate any relationship? Through communication. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit when you open up God's word that he would speak to you and illuminate and show you what it is you need to know and what it is you need to see. Ask him to lead you and use you. Ask him to open your heart. If you're afraid of the Holy Spirit, I know this sounds a little bit weird, but maybe the best thing you could do is begin to just be real about that. God, I'm, I'm afraid of the Holy Spirit. I've had bad history. I've seen you know, crazy people take, take things way too far or it's gotten out of hand or Holy Spirit, I'm just praying, would you show me who you really are? Would you show me the real thing? Because I don't need all that you know, show. Just give me the real thing. Maybe that's the starting point for some of you tonight. But here's what I wanna tell you. If you're wondering, how do I have real love? How do I have genuine joy? How do I have true peace? Where do I get actual self-control? I'm just telling you, the closer you and I are to the Holy Spirit, the more of those things we'll have. It's just simply that way. The closer you are to the Holy Spirit, the more loving a person you will be. The closer you are to the Holy Spirit, the more self-control you will have. And so, I mean, it's simple tonight. It's a reminder for some. It's new information for others. But man, if we could simply live here, I think we would begin to see amazing breakthrough in our lives. Because the truth is, is the Holy Spirit is the one who produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit does that, not you and I. And so that's what I want you to walk out here tonight. I want you to walk out here saying, okay, the Holy Spirit's the one who does this. The Holy Spirit's the one who does this. The Holy Spirit's the one who produces this fruit in my life. You know what? When you begin to do that, when you begin to rely, when you begin to communicate more and more with the Holy Spirit, you begin to see some changes. If you're not a follower of Jesus, here's what I want to say to you. You can really look at this one of two ways. The first way is you could say, okay, I'm going to try behavior modification. If you're, if you're confused by everything I was saying, by the flesh and the spirit, basically I'll, I'll make it real simple for you. Behavior modification is your flesh. It's you trying to stop you from doing the things you think you shouldn't do or maybe you think God doesn't want you to do. And Christians, we get into that, we get, we get into that too, don't we? So you got behavior modification. The other way, the spirit way, the helper way is not behavior modification, but it's heart transformation. It's when the Holy Spirit begins to move in your heart because you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit now and your heart begins to be changed from the inside out. So instead of just trying to control these outward symptoms, now my heart's been changed. And out of that heart flows what God wants. Not perfectly, not yet, not till I see Jesus face to face. But there will be change. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, what I would ask you to do is just communicate and cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've noticed this, but basically all four parts of this message have had that same challenge. And that's on purpose because I think so often we struggle with this. So often we just forget to cultivate the relationship that the Holy Spirit wants to have with us. And so would you do that by praying? Make it, make it a habit to begin sentences like, Holy Spirit, would you just lead me today? Holy Spirit, would you help me to stay in tune with you today? Holy Spirit, if you wanna use me today, help me to just be ready for that and not tune out and not turn you off and not forget about you. But Holy Spirit, help me to walk with you like we read about a few minutes ago. Help me to walk by your power. Enable me, Holy Spirit. 
Sometimes, and I'm not saying this to praise me, I'm, it's just a habit. It's just because I've been doing it for so long. I'm, I'm nobody special. But, but it's a habit where the words, Holy Spirit, help, just start coming out of my mouth. Sometimes I don't even mean it. I'm like in public, I'm like, sorry, buddy, you know, <laughs> just the Holy Spirit, you know? Not really, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, some, you know, sometimes I'll just, I'm just praying. Like, it's like instantly, like a problem will arise or something. I just feel tired. I'll just feel weak. Or, or I, you know, I'm, I'm going into a situation that I just know is way beyond myself. I'm talking with, I was talking with a neighbor yesterday who, who, who lost his son 18 months ago. It's like in that moment, it's like, Holy Spirit, help. I mean, just quiet in my heart. I'm not saying that out loud, but, but Holy Spirit, just help. All right. You know, like you get into those conversations and you get into those situations. Cultivate those relationships. And to kind of sum up the series, when we are cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he's going to lead us into the truth. He's going to help us tell others about Jesus. Jesus, he's going to help us overcome sin struggles. He's going to help us help others experience him, be built up in their faith. And the fruit of the Spirit is going to be produced in our lives. The things you want, the things I want, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. Those are things every single one of us want. Don't settle for behavior modification. Go for heart transformation. Cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you're not sure what that means or what that looks like, come find me after. I think I actually will be sitting right here on the prayer team tonight. So if you're like, look, I would love those things you're talking about in my life, but I don't understand when you say cultivate or you know, get a relationship with the Holy Spirit or let's talk, let's do it, let's pray or email me. If you don't have time, email me, collisionchurchatmac.com. Let's talk it out. Let's get closer to what God wants to do in your life and through your life. But I hope you've seen in this series, the Holy Spirit isn't freaky and weird. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And sometimes he does supernatural things. Sometimes he does things that we wouldn't normally be able to do ourselves. Isn't that like what God's supposed to do? Is he supposed to do things that are different than us? That's why he's God. And so I hope instead of being turned off to the Holy Spirit or just forgetful of the Holy Spirit, I hope that you've been drawn in to what the Holy Spirit might wanna do in your life and through your life. Let's pray. So God, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us. Helper, we thank you that you're literally with us everywhere we go, everything we do. Holy Spirit, we just wanna rely on you more. I pray for all the Christians in this room that this was a reminder for tonight. God, you just help us. Help us to cultivate a relationship with you through just talking with you, through reading the scripture, through being encouraged by other Christians, through small groups, through um, worship services like this. But Holy Spirit, that you'd tune our ears to hear you, that we would recognize you, that we would walk with you and by you. If you're a Christian, I want you to think about the fruit of the Spirit tonight. I want you to think about those nine fruits that we read about. I want you to think about the one or ones that you really need in your life. And I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit for them. Holy Spirit, give me self-control. Holy Spirit, give me gentleness. Holy Spirit, give me love. Ask the Holy Spirit. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I said it earlier, Jesus' role was to come and die for you and I. And you might not believe that, and that's okay. We have the evidence CD set and the visitor's message out there if you wanna take that or if you wanna talk. There's several people around that, man, just, we'd love to chat with you about that, and, and we understand it's a process. But if tonight 
you're hearing what I'm saying and you feel like God's doing something in your life and you're drawn to him tonight and you wanna respond, then I just wanna encourage you to put your faith in what Jesus did and then ask the Holy Spirit to begin to work in your life. So let me lead you in a prayer, something like this, between you and God. Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming to die in my place. Thank you that you accept me where I am right now. And that instead of behavior modification, you want the Holy Spirit to come into my life and transform my heart. I thank you for this gift of salvation. And I thank you for the helper.